White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Eckerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Go subscribe there right now. 312-566-8727 is the way you can reach us via voicemail or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Chris, it's a great evening, great weekend. How are you doing? Oh, yes, it was a great weekend, Herb. I don't know why you said it like that, but yes, it was. <laughs> um, I, I had a great weekend. I'll get to you in a second. I'll ask you about yours. Bill Walton had a great weekend. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. Hawk Harrelson had a great weekend. And I don't like the Cubs. And it's going to be great to me. <laughs> it's going to be a great thing for me to see our guys come out there and kick some cub ass, I'm telling you right now, because that's going to be a lot of fun. And I like Joe Namus. I guarantee it. It's going to happen. Yep. Hawk had crazy visions. He saw this all coming. Um, how was your weekend, Herb? It was good. I was just sitting here with uh, Ziggy. We pretty much stayed the whole time home because uh, Courtney was celebrating her birthday out in the suburbs. So I was just watching this jerk do things to the uh, floor that he's oh, not supposed to be doing to the floor oh. he's way past the uh, peeing on the floor i guess you know my uh yelling at him constantly made him pee on the floor <laughs> i took him out like four times yesterday it was ridiculous and still peed on the floor like i was in the bathroom peeing and then he's like i'm gonna emulate you and pee right right behind you well you are the alpha they'll, they'll, they'll look up to that okay you're the dominant male in the home so that's what they 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 leave they they, they like to follow your example i'm gonna start calling that dog sebi the way you're yelling at it there tony <laughs> don't yell at sebi like that okay <laughs> um i had a great weekend um we, we attended a wedding the wife and i did on saturday night uh, our friends hillary and michael got married a beautiful ceremony in downtown chicago and uh you know, uh, just talking. These were largely her former work friends, or the current friends, but at her former workplace. And, uh, you know, so you get to tell them where you work, what you do, tell them about the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Uh, first question I get asked Do you know Jason Benetti? Do I? Chris Tannehill loves it more than anything in the world. <laughs> so, you know, yes, I know Jason Benetti. So that was my flex. But I did run into a listener of this very podcast, Herb, listener Jeff from Nebraska says, Hey, I don't interact with you guys on social media. Don't email, whatever. But I just I, I enjoy the show, and I just wanted to say hello. So that's the, I love those interactions where people you don't expect for all the way from Nebraska. So if you, if we have a, a slight uptick in the Nebraska listenership, it's largely because of our friend Jeff there. So thank you, Jeff, for saying hello. And uh, it's funny, man. It, it'll never get old to me when people stop and first and foremost, not about the score, but about what we do right here. That's always going to be cool as hell to me. Yeah, it's always good to hear from people. 
either I've actually liked the guy at uh, Reggie's a couple of years ago said, hey, man, I don't like the stuff that you do. <laughs> I was happy he said that stuff to my face instead of hiding behind some anonymous Twitter handle. Yeah. Uh, anything you have to say. I mean, we can keep it cordial if you, if you want to argue about things. I love to argue. But yeah, getting these people that are coming up to you saying, man, just love the show. It's all good. Uh, it's part of my day. You know, sometimes we miss an episode like that Friday a couple of weeks ago and people are like, hey, man, I was driving to work. That's my stuff. <laughs> That's my routine. I need it. Sorry about that, but we really appreciate your just every day is just us. So that's a very big high honor to be in your lives every day. Yeah, and you got to understand. So Herb and I have been to the score, you know, total between the two of us. I mean, easily like 25. Okay, I would say like I don't, I don't, I'm trying to remember the times that you went back and forth. I've been at the score since 2007, mm-hmm. you know, so and you were there on and off since way before that. 20. So. 20. I think uh, 2000. Yeah, so you're, you're talking, uh, you know, well over 30 years of, uh, of us being at the score and just, you know, you're used to people talking about the score and asking about people that work there, but for people to come out and talk about the podcast to really, it's awesome and it means a lot and, you know, of course, so uh, we ain't shit unless the team is good, so let's talk about that uh, good-ass team, shall we? <laughs> so, you know, they take two or three from the Cubs this weekend. Uh, 30 runs on 30 hits for the White Sox, um, you know, and I say they would have had more had they scored a run on Saturday. I don't, I don't like that strategy by Tony La Russa not telling them to score any runs, so we'll get to that later here. But uh, just a wild weekend. I guess we'll start in chronological order um, with, the, with this offense and, and, and the, the hole that was dug for them on Friday. Dallas Keuchel goes out there, and we're going to get to him in a second, and we're going to open up the voicemails for Dallas Keuchel here in a second. But he goes out there, spots the Cubbies, a six-run lead in the top of the first, and uh, I'm thinking, oh, okay. Got some work to do because, of course, this was the you know the the homecoming night for Yasmani Grandal, and this is the first time you get to see this team at full strength. And, boy, did they not disappoint. Was there any – pause from you after that six run lead obviously it's not something you want to start the game with but I had no doubts whatsoever they would come back I don't know that they would win but I was like oh they'll they'll score six runs easily the only question is can they hold them there did you have any doubts in your mind they were going to come back in that one I had no doubts doubts in my mind at all because right when it happened I was like five runs will not win this game and then of course right when I tweet that <laughs> out score their the six, six run yeah. scores and I was thinking to myself no six runs won't win this game either like we're what are we doing? We know that the Cub pitcher out there, Keegan Thompson, love his work on all that and uh, Saturday Night Live, but he was terrible on the mound <laughs> on Friday. And I knew the White Sox were swinging a decent bat. Um, and the conditions out there were favorable for hitting offensive uh, show. So, yeah, when they scored all those runs, like Dallas is bad. He needs to get out of there and we need to just hold him right there. When he came back out for the second, I was flabbergasted i was like do you not know what we need tonight and then that odd thing that tony just took him out in the middle of a count which was i've never seen that before maybe it's happened before but i have never seen somebody who's not hurt getting taken out in the middle of a count it was just like ball one that was funny as hell but yeah i i had no doubt our offense is going to get work done on friday but a game ball goes to a ronaldo lopez who mm-hmm. once again man five innings uh, gives up nothing. Uh, seven strikeouts for Ronaldo lowers that earn run average to one five nine, 
And, you know, we can't say enough about this guy. And I know, you know, a lot of you are saying just have Ronaldo replace Keuchel right now, blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll get to that in a second here. But let's open up the voicemailers here before we really start talking about our guy Dallas here. But the Sox do score 17 runs in that ball game. Um, how many how many unanswered runs did they score in that, at that point? Like after they, they were down in the 6 nothing deficit there, they, they came out there and they scored 13 unanswered, 13, was the 13 unanswered runs for the White Sox on Friday. But the big story, unfortunately, seemed to be about Dallas Keuchel. Now, let's get to these voicemailers here, Herb. These, these were coming in fresh. Yes. Fresh. <laughs> My uh, phone was blowing up. <laughs> fresh to your family uh, from the Lockdown White Sox voicemailers here. So this is from our friend here in the 773. Good God. You, Marco here from the 773. You guys watching uh, another abysmal Keuchel start? I think Herb could step up and smack a double. Maybe even Tanny would hit a homer. Wow. They're just wow. swatting at these ridiculously easy pitches. Maybe I'll take a shot at the guy. Unbelievable. So I think you guys suggested it. It seemed like a capital idea to me. You know, give the fellow a rest. Put Keiko on the bench but for an extra break, you know, and uh, let him rest between starts. Give him an extra day. Good God. Well, it goes without saying, he's no use to us. He's dead to us as far as the playoffs, <laughs> you know, starting. But from he's not among a top three. I don't even think he fits into a four. Maybe not a five. Unbelievable, huh? Good gosh. Anyway, free swinging Cubs team. Yeah, they come in here, nothing to lose. Matt. Bam! Wisdom three-run homer. Real nice, Keiko. Guys just standing there chewing gum. I mean, I keep thinking, who's going over tape with him? Who's working with him on his release point, his pitch count, his control? Scares me, guys. Later. Yeah, so then we had another one come in here from the 630. Hey, guys. Love the show. This is Dean in Lyle. Just some observations on the Cubs-Sox game, the 17-13 game. Dallas Keuchel, working slow, and he is the epitome of the 21st century Mark Burley. Cutters in, changes out. Cutters in, changes out. I am shocked in three starts in a row that this isn't corrected in the pregame bullpen, and that's a point fingers, but i got to say, what is Kirk Hassler doing? Um, never seen a pitcher where he's got command of neither pitch, going into the opening inning. Secondly, on the positive side, um, nine walks, which is absolutely fantastic with the White Sox offense, which turns into the next man up mentality. All right, so we'll get to the offense in a second here, but Dallas Keuchel, Herb, the the natives are restless here with, with Dallas Keuchel. Look, it's obvious, you know, the, uh, one of the big things of the, the talking points that people are, you know, harp on is like, oh, yeah, he's – He's not going to pitch in a postseason series for you. Yeah, the first round he's not going to have to. Um, so we put that aside right now. So that means that's actually not a bad thing because if you're lucky enough to advance, you have some time here. And we'll get to Dallas Keuchel in his own words. But, Herb, when you see Dallas Keuchel out there struggling so mightily here after his really solid season last year and then he just seems like he's totally – he's close. He's not – you know – Patrick Wisdoms came in red hot and mustache power and all that good stuff, whatever. He was hot before the series started. But just he's just off 
And I don't know how concerned you are. I don't know if this is even going to matter. It's certainly disappointing. But you know, if you're Coach Tony and them, what do you what do you do with Dallas Keuchel at this point? You do what the Cubs did with Jake Arrieta. You tell him he's got an injury, got an oblique strain, got an elbow soreness, some forearm stiffness. We'll get him there. Two, three weeks from now, when the White Sox have clinched, he'll get a couple of those starts. But he's not helping the team at all. Like the time, I think it was versus the A's where he pitched five, gave up two earned, and got out. I was like, that's it. Just that's what I want. If you can give us that, that's very bare minimum. Five earning innings pitch. And if he even gives up three earned runs, I'm in for that. I'm not asking for a lot. What he did the other day, I don't know he's not trying to do this, but he's like battling with Michael Hermosillo. Why? Michael <laughs> yeah, Hermosillo's not like, that good. Hit like 180 something. When yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. He's my guy, but right now he's not that good. Battling with guys that shouldn't be battling with and like spotting and trying to pitch around these guys, it's not a good look. So if he doesn't have confidence in what he's throwing, he shouldn't be in this rotation. And you said it. Ray Lowe pitched well, and it's a meritocracy. And if I'm bitching at Ray Lowe before for not uh, maximizing his potential, I got to give him mad kudos for doing what he's done since he's came up. But, yeah, Dallas Keuchel, there's no reason for having him, especially with these off days they have coming coming up, in the next rotation. Like, when it comes his time, should be somebody else uh, getting the ball, and Ray Lowe should be the guy. Yeah, so the, the way I see this thing, you know, Dallas Keuchel's value to you at this point is going out there and and actually starting because if you're trying to get these guys an extra day of rest, you have to have bodies out there to make starts. And let's face it, their their depth organizationally right now, is, as far as guys that can come up for you and make a start, is not really there. So the natural pivot would be to slide Ronaldo in there. I, I like the phantom injury thing. You know, I don't think he's totally – lost out there you know Dallas chose not to meet with the media after Friday's game but then was there bright and early Saturday in the pregame and he was very measured and you know talked about all the things that was wrong with him and how you know he he feels like he's close and you know basically he's just leaving too many pitches up He, he can't work on the corners he can't live there like he's one to do you know, and he talked about some of the stuff that we saw in Tampa where he didn't necessarily get shelled, but he was a victim of the fast turf there. And, you know, he even uh, was asked, I think Bruce asked him or Jesse, someone asked him about, uh, you know, uh, the, the way the positional alignment and oh, yeah. things like that. And usually he's a he's big on that, but he wouldn't even point to any of that stuff as what, what's wrong with him. He was totally taking ownership and saying that he's not good and he knows he's the weak link right now. So I think this is not going to be a difficult sell for Rick Hahn and Coach Tony if they wanted to uh, have him uh, have a seat and, uh, and and just, you know, think it over a bit. Maybe get a mental uh, unplug here because, you know, he started the, the, the ramp up to the season late and he's just never been quite the same all year. So I don't know what it, what it may do for you at this point. Maybe he just needs to keep going out there. I have no idea, but he's got to find that release point there. And, you know, this is why Ethan Cass is here. He's done such great work with everyone else. And I know some guys like, you know, maybe I'm not saying Dallas is one of these guys, but some guys like are, are, are beyond teaching because they've, they've got a track record before Ethan Katz got here. So this is kind of a tricky situation, but you, you have time here. And what, what we know about baseball is never write anyone off. 
this is such an odd game mentally and the things that it does to you, it would be foolish to write someone off because you never know when you're going to need them later. So just be patient with, with Dallas. It's frustrating. And again, this may be just a bad contract on Rick Hahn's books, but every team has them and you still have a 10 game lead in the central. So I'm not quite freaking out. Uh, but you're absolutely right when you when you point out and say, you know what, I don't want him starting in a postseason series because not only has he not been good, but also the guy that I would slide in for him, Dylan Cease, has just been unreal. And so mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get to him a little bit in the next second, but in the next segment. But you know that that's kind of where I see this whole Keiko thing right now. They they have the luxury of time, but I think Ronaldo definitely deserves. You know, if, if Ronaldo may be the victim here of of the payroll, like the guy that goes out and makes the money is gonna go out there and take the starts. Most of the time, unless they do what you said and give them the Phantom IL thing. But Raylo deserves to get a start out there at the very least. And this has just been awesome what this kid's been doing. You talk about resiliency and knowing that you can count on guys later on who you write off earlier. That's a prime example right there on the flip side of that is Raylo. So he's just been awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, but, yeah, that was a wild one on Friday. And uh, the return of Yasmani Grandal, Herbie, was a huge thing. Uh, this weekend that everyone was looking forward to. And here's our guy from the 815, Richard, checking in on Yasmani. Hey, Richard Parker from over there again. Uh, yep, there's Yas again with a, a, a sliding double, I might add. Looks good, feels good. Yaz is back, baby. Like I said earlier, this is the best team in the league. We're good. We're, this, is, this is what good baseball looks like. I think they have a real shot at being special this year. Not just really good, not just better than most special. Yeah, it's hard to argue with the, with them with that lineup they rolled out there Friday. So Yasmani gets Saturday off between Friday and Sunday. He goes six for nine with ten RBI and two home runs. But how good was it, Herbie, to see Yasmani back there? And that was like the Yasmani that you thought we were we were getting when they signed him. This guy was out there. That's an elite offensive player out there. Oh yeah, it felt really good to see him out there doing his thing that he was doing before he got hurt. And that's why we're all so like flabbergasted when he did get hurt. Cause it wasn't like on like a play that you would you normally see and an injury that you would normally see. And so when he said that said, it's a knee problem. It's like, Oh my God, a knee for a catcher. No, he's not going to be catching anymore. If you guys have been listening since then, you probably won't be catching a lot. He caught two out of three games in the Cubs series when he came back. I'm glad to see him out there. And his offense, to me, is a sweet bonus. Like, him hitting home runs is great. It's awesome. It's him putting the power bat out there that we haven't seen as a White Sox guy that often. But he just, let's go. And those pitches he turned around, and he knew it immediately. That uh, was a a grand slam. Mercy. Or three-run home run to tie the game up on Friday. Yeah. He had, so great. He had the bat drop from the left and right side. So you really you could pick a favorite there. He's he's got it all for you. But yeah, it was great to see Yasmani back there. And we'll talk about some of the other uh, standouts offensively. Luis Robert, man, we're going to get to him in a second, uh, but not before we get to Dylan C's on Sunday there. But uh, yeah, man, a fun weekend. We'll talk about more of this uh, offensive effort that led to this two out of three series victory against the Cubs next here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at DirecTV. Welcome aboard. Direct TV. Does this sound familiar to you guys out there? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff, right? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally 
get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Direct TV, get your TV together. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. So I, I'm just going to go ahead and, and pivot and, and move and plow right <laughs> through this Saturday game because I kind of watched it. I got to be honest with you, I was doing more watching of Justin Fields and, you know, I was at the wedding, so I was like following Brad Biggs' timeline and looking at those videos of Justin Fields, but I did mm-hmm. not go back and feel compelled to watch Saturdays. Had the Sox lost yesterday, I probably would have went back to watch Saturdays uh, and the, the gem that Alec Mills tossed out there, but we're just going to go ahead and move past that one because um, there are some good things that carried over from Friday to Sunday with that little, uh, you know, uh, shit sandwich in between there on Saturday. But uh, Luis Robert, Herb, before we get to Dylan Cease, Luis Robert this weekend goes five for nine, four RBI, two homers. He gets a two homers on Sunday. You want to talk about a wrinkle in this thing. You know, if, if Luis Robert throwing a, a monkey wrench into the American League, uh, you know, into the picture here. If Luis Robert's going to look like this guy, he's been a totally different guy since he's come back from the injury. And Frank Minichino, how you doing? He's been working with him. He is looking like the the MVP candidate that a lot of the sports books had going into the season. If this guy's going to play at this level, not only offensively but defensively, he was out there make, tracking balls down all weekend, just looking like an all world type dude out there. And it's you know it's hard to get excited about a baseball team. When you're what 140 something games, 130 some games into the season, but seeing Luis Robert every day playing at this level since he's been back, it's just been awesome to see. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. It's just so good to have him back, and I was shocked that he's doing so well after the injury he sustained. I mean, and he's running just as smooth. I don't know whether if the numbers say so, but I don't see a drop off in his speed and that bat. The home run he hit on Sunday, I mean, the second home run, it looked like a slider, and he just threw his bat out there, and that ball traveled. Yes, the wind was blowing, but that's a strong young man. That guy is just tapping into the potential that he's going to have when he's 100% being the player of understanding what they're trying to do with him and then putting all the talents that he has as a natural athlete together. Man. He's just learning this game. This is his first full season, and even though he missed a little bit of it, he seems like a seasoned vet. Yeah, man, and he's just playing with that confidence too. I think that helps, you know, take him to the next level. And that that this shouldn't be a thing. That's how good, scary good this guy is. It shouldn't be a thing that he comes off the IL, as you said, and comes back and does this well. Uh, as if never skipping a beat, he was he was out for months, and you know here he is making contributions. And now you have two of some, the best players at their position 
in the American League, in my opinion, Luis Robert and Yasmani Grandal you know, injected into this lineup, that's pretty special right there. And now you can kind of see uh, why we we're so high on this team from day one. But it's just it's fun to watch when all these guys are out there doing their thing. Uh, Eloy, big weekend, totally crushing the Cubs once again. He goes two for seven, a five RBI, and a homer. I think he's got six home runs in 13 games against the Cubs. Um, Jesus Christ. Thanks, Cubs! And speaking of... Thanks, Cubs! i got to get to Dylan Cease right here. Dylan Cease, uh, once again, with a solid start. Six innings pitch, four hits, one run, two walks only, and 11 strikeouts against the Cubs on Sunday. And he was damn good. You know, he was cruising early and then running into some trouble, and then he just ends the game brilliantly. And mm-hmm. another strong outing for Dylan Cease, and this is why you have time with the Keuchel thing because – you, you know, the, I, I want to see Dylan C's out there, especially if you're playing a series and, and you get that home start. If you have to start on the road, you come back maybe for a fourth game like uh, in the AL. The reason he's not in my starting rotation for the DS is because of what Lucas Giolito did yeah. last year. And I, that bouncer might return. I know that's in him. I don't know if Dylan Cease can, can sustain this and because the what he didn't start, but he got a couple innings in, in Oakland. And I don't know if that's a starter in the playoffs in the DS. But the guy that's shown up lately, yeah, he's a starter for most teams in the in the playoffs because he takes no crap anymore. He's and while we sometimes give credit to Ethan Katz, he needs credit for most of these guys. The the strides that Rodon has made, the strides that Raylo's done, the strides that Dylan Cease has done. This is a different guy that showed up last year. The numbers might be different. Like the 382 ERA, I think, might be higher than the one that was last year. But this is a better pitcher. 100% this is a better pitcher. I, I'm i impressed by his, his maturation. And you might say it's bums, but you saw what they did to Lance Lynn. The yep. night before, and he was like, "You ain't doing that shit to me." Lance, I got Lynn, the best stuff on the on the team. Lance Lynn was not happy at the home run he gave up. I think it was to Wisdom, uh, the one that just barely got over the wall. He was not happy out there on Saturday, but but uh, uh, Dylan C certainly was. Seventeen swings and misses, and it's all about spotting that fastball, man. Everything else sets up after that. But when he's able to uh, throw that 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 tight knuckle curve, the breaking ball. Away to a right-handed hitter, just a thing of beauty. Painting that outside edge, on the, you know, in the left-handed batter's box side of a right-handed hitter, that's unhittable stuff right there. And that's why you have to feel so good about Dylan Cease out there. And if you have to start him in a playoff game, I know Sox fans still may be kind of scared about that. But that type of stuff plays against anyone. And I would like to see him, you know, there's, there's a couple more tests here coming up with the Red Sox and the A's on the road. That'll be good. That'll be a good primer here for Dylan Cease if he is able to get into those uh, those series against those good teams so uh, just all building blocks stuff to build on for Dylan Cease and you have to be pretty thrilled with where he's at right now and he had to feel pretty good about going out there against the Cubs and doing his damn thing out there uh, yeah, he's one of the top strikeout guys in the league yeah and he's like from last year to this year uh, K's per nine he's gone from uh, 6.79 to 11.78 in K's per nine just jumped it up because he's finding a way to put away guys when you get strike two, not the nibbling stuff I used to do with O two, and then get you to three two and maybe a walk and maybe a, a strikeout. 
he knows he has great stuff and he uses it now. Yeah, and there's no like no more six or seven walk outings where he like gets out of trouble and you know like the the you know he lasts four or five innings and gives up maybe a couple runs, but he walks six or seven along the way and gets out of it just on pure stuff alone. You don't see that anymore. He's keeping the walks to a, a relative minimum, and that's been able to keep him in games longer. And the fact that he was able to to battle through his way through the wilderness yesterday and finish that uh, that outing strong for him, I think that was really good. Good work by Dylan Cease. Um, there's one more thing here I wanted to get to, Herb. Uh, Rick Hahn spoke Friday. Hmm. And I know, you know, he, he addressed a lot of things, uh, not as much as I would have liked to, him to address, but uh, we were not there to ask the questions. We could, uh, but we were, we were working. But uh, the, the topic of, you know, the whole management of the bullpen, Craig Kimbrell thing, and you tweeted this clip, and I found it interesting. Uh, this is uh, Rick Hahn from Friday when talking about the decision-making in the bullpen, Kimbrell, Hendricks, all that good stuff. Here's Rick Hahn uh, with something you maybe have heard before. Uh, again, the, the, we have multiple quality arms to get the most important outs over the next several weeks. Uh, Craig is a Hall of Fame caliber reliever, closer in my opinion. Liam obviously having a sensational several years in that role as well, but uh, Tempera's been locked down in that, you know, late inning role. Uh, Michael Kopech, despite what you saw yesterday, has been a very important cog in our late inning situation, as will be Aaron Bummer and, and Crochet going forward. So, uh, again, uh, having multiple quality options to get important outs over the next several weeks and ideally through October uh, is going to serve us, serve us well. Rick, uh, how have you handled the, um, the moments where Tony has had uh, difficult decisions to make and, and handled them in in particular, you know, the Lance Lynn moment, uh, the moments with uh, Kimbrell the other night and uh, how that all has come out. How, how have you looked at uh, the results of all that? The results of him, of, of the decisions? I mean, look, we, we this whole business is result-oriented. And if you focus on any individual result, you could lose your mind a little bit. We need to be more focused on the process that leads to the result. Because sometimes, as you know, the bounce can go the other way. The umpire can make a bad call. You know, ball can just miss falling in. You know, TA's ball down the line yesterday was an inch from giving us another run, that kind of thing. So really what our focus is over the course of a six-month and an ideally seven-month season is making sure that the process for making the decisions are as strong as possible. Because if you have a good process, more often than not, those decisions will work out for you. So yeah, there may be a decision here or there along the way where it doesn't quite work out. We fortunately had the luxury of being able to get you know under the hood and sort of see what went into making that decision and understanding a little bit more and making sure it aligns with what we're trying to accomplish. So again, the individual results are, are going to vary from time to time. It's important to have the, the right process. Process over results, Herbie. Where have I heard that one before? Oh, Rick Hahn must be a listener. I'm sure he is. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And I, I would have hoped there would have been a question more directly, like, you know, walk us through the thought process of, of you know, when, you, when you're when you the lead up to acquiring Kimbrel. And I know he spoke about it at the time when the deal was made. But I would just like to have, now that we're, we're about a month into this deal here, a little more clarity maybe on a, in the internal discussions. Again, they could be playing it close to the vest and not want to tip their hand too much on what they're going to do in the postseason. But uh, it certainly it sounds like, um, in, you know, I, I don't know what you inferred there. I should just ask you, Herb, what, do you, what did you infer there and what stood out the most to you when you felt compelled to be a social media maven and even have a, a video on your Twitter page about that, that clip that I displayed right there? Just that he thinks the way we do. 
he i mean i you know i pretty much knew that know that this is what front offices do already uh before we even say process or results i didn't make this up i got it from somebody else so it's good to know that he sees it like it's not necessarily oh man we had a great game like they the 17 to 13 game you could be happy that the offense showed up but also the focus as we did saying we cannot go through this again we cannot have a six run deficit as you saw a seven run deficit on saturday and expect it to come back we need to have this corrected even though the game was good and we won eventually that is uh not something just to be happy because the end result was good and rick is always uh, thinking about that thinking about okay maybe this is what he was thinking about with Raylo, and we didn't see all the games down there in AAA. he had an 80 ra and we were with questions like well, i know i was i was like why the hell are you bringing this guy who's been terrible most of his career you didn't tender an offer to you signed him for a little little money and then he has an adra why would you bring him in rick and his scouts must have saw something his process he was working on something to get to the the filthy guy that he is in the major leagues didn't worry about the numbers maybe they told him hey don't worry about the numbers just work on this pitch work on that pitch you might give up a couple walks but we need you to work on these things so when you do come up you become the guy that we've been seeing lately so kudos to rick for saying it and also sticking to it. What do you think about the process on Friday of bringing Craig Kimbrell into a game where they have a seven-run lead? What do you think about that? Mm. Now, I, you know, I, I think I could speculate here what was going on. Certain guys are available on certain days, but yet you you go out there and you have um, you have our guy, your guy, Herb, uh, Mike Wright Jr. <laughs> um, goes out there and he can't get them through the game. I'd imagine they wanted him to, to maybe finish that game, come in after yeah. Raylo and pitch. Just give me three innings there, guy. Um, he does not. Uh, pitches, he pitches one inning, gives up two runs, excuse me, two hits on three runs. They were all earned. So then you have to have someone come in after him because he can't you know, uh, get you more than one inning. Yeah, Garrett, Garrett Crochet comes in there. He gives up a, up a run. And then Craig Kimbrell comes in there and gives up three more runs. In the ninth, yes, but in a non-save situation. What would you make of that? That was a little clunky there. Like when, when you when the, you know, I was in and out of, uh, of this game on Friday running errands and stuff like that. I had it locked in on the radio most of the evening. And I'm just like, what is going on here with Craig Kimbrell here in a non-save spot? That's the process over results thing. I don't understand what that was about because he had just pitched the day before closing mm-hmm. out that Toronto series. Um, I think, right? They didn't have the off day. They, yeah, or did they? No, no off day. No off day, yeah. So he just pitched the day before closing out a game in the ninth, and then he comes in there with a seven-run lead and gives up three. What was going on with that? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if they do listen to the podcast, they would know that we don't like Craig Kimbrell in non-save situations. Any closer for that matter, really. It, exactly. And so – Getting in work is weird. It's odd. He's not the same guy. We've gone through this time and time again. For some reason, Craig Kimbrell doesn't have that light switch turned on when it's not on the line. When it is, he's as best. He's as good as anybody in the history of the game. Stop putting him in positions to not succeed. He might be a special unicorn in that regard, but. <laughs> Treat him as such. And this could be even in the eighth inning. If it's a three-run lead, it's still a save situation. Or in that case, if it gets taken out, a hold situation. I would not mind that. I wouldn't be my preferred method. But still, it's something where he can get his mind right. And if he needs to say, this is the ninth inning, 
say it to himself and it's a three run lead. I need to get these three outs, whatever. But a seven run lead, he's not going to be out there pinpoint. He's not going to be out there with the same adrenaline. Maybe that's on him to get that. But you've seen through his career, he hasn't been able to do that. So, yeah, I don't know what so many other pitchers available that can do that. I would have rather had somebody else out there. Liam would have been a great guy since they brought him out on Sunday to get some work in on on Sunday because there was no um, there's no game on Monday. So right. he had to hadn't pitched since what the end of like Wednesday, right? Yeah, like two innings on Wednesday. Yeah, that yeah that was that was weird to me, and I don't know if it's just you know like Rick kind of kind of mentioned it in that press conference. He said you know that we don't have availability every day in front of us of which guys in the bullpen can and cannot go. So we're not armed with that information. And maybe Craig Kimbrell was just doing the team a solid in a, in a necessary spot there just to get them out of the game. But, and also maybe they wanted to get them back out there after having a positive effort on, on Thursday, getting out of that game with the save. Maybe they wanted to throw him out there because he had those issues with his release point. Maybe they wanted to get him out there and continue building on that positive momentum. Whatever it was, it, it wasn't pretty and it didn't work and it didn't make me feel any better. But also I, I do acknowledge, like you said, uh, the, the last three outs in a save situation are just different. So I'm not going to extrapolate too much from that bad outing from Kimbrell on Friday night. So uh, we'll take a quick time out here. We'll preview the rest of the week here on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Don't you love freedom of choice? That's what we love about this country, right? Well, it's no different at BuiltBar.com. They have so many different delicious flavors for you to try. There's something for everyone. Every Built Bar fan that I know, they've got their different favorite flavors. I have mine. Herb has his. Mine, of course, German chocolate. Thankfully, I still have a surplus here from the last time I ordered them. I'm down about 25 pounds now. Thanks to our friends at Built Bar. I've been replacing a lot of those bad sugary snacks with Built Bars, and it's made all the difference. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and of course, German Chocolate. So if you haven't tried all these great flavors, great way to get introduced to something new is mix it in. Get a mixed box of Built Bars. That way you can try something new along with the flavors that you already love. So when you get the mixed box, you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And best of all, they're not only delicious, they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and just four to five grams of net carbs per built bar all delicious all good for you order today built bar the official protein bar of u.s track and field go to builtbar.com and use our promo code lock 15 and that's going to get you 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com Locked on White Sox is also brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year again, folks, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half a million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. They're all open now at bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo that's where you make a bet on thursday september 9th during the season opener between the super bowl champion buccaneers and the dallas cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. The dog days of August may be behind us, and the Sox certainly 
have some work to do here, but let's face it, folks. Big lead in the AL Central. You want to have something interesting to put your money on every night. Make things a little more fun with the White Sox. Go to Bet Online for all your latest odds on the Sox. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sports book your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget our promo code locked on at Bet Online. That's promo code locked on at Bet Online. Oh, God, Herb, what are we going to do here? The Pirates are in town, which is always fun. Um, on the bump for the White Sox on Tuesday night. Lucas Giolito, worst pitcher in baseball. No, he's not. Uh, he's going for the Sox on Tuesday against something named Bryce Wilson. He's 2-5 and five with a 4-3-5 for the Buckos. So then we have Wednesday, Rodon versus Mitch Keller. But we have two off days this week, one being today, Monday, and two being on Thursday. So this is going to be a clunky week for the show. I have no idea how we're going to fill those two off days there, but uh, we'll figure it out. Um, I would not expect... Uh, a show waiting for you fresh in your in, in your podcast feed on Tuesday morning. I would, I would not expect that to be a thing unless you guys want to send some stuff for the mailbag. Uh, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Even though we just did one, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727 if you want to get a hold of us on the voicemail. So we'll have to, to, to conjure up a show or two out of thin air here uh, this week. It's, it's going to be weird, but I think we'll plow through. We have, we have each other, Herb, so I'm not worried. Exactly. We'll find a way to get you some shows this week. I really appreciate you guys sending in voice messages right when things happen. It's the funniest thing in the world. I, I love it on Friday. I'm like, we're not going to get to these. And, of course, on the recap show, we get to your uh your voicemails and your uh, locked on socks at gmail.com emails you send in. So for Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence, Eknerwall23, and our show is at Locked on Socks. Thank you for listening this morning.